and to trust in Him and to be humble in how we live our lives, yet be bold when we enter the throne room of God because, man, we have been purchased with a high price. Nobody else is able to pay that, but my God did pay this for us so that we can come into the throne room boldly and bring our request to the one who could strike us dead if he wanted to, but doesn't because he loves us so much. Welcome back to Think at the Well. I have a very, very important question to ask you today, Vicky. A little bit of a backstory to lead to that question so that everybody knows what we're talking about. When I grew up in a Christian home and in the Christian home of my parents, I never as a child really questioned things. We went to church. Everything was just the way it was. The teaching was the way it was. And you just you, you tend to accept it, which is very normal as a child, right? And then when I became a teenager, I questioned absolutely every single thing that I thought was true mm -hmm. in a very rebellious state. Mm -hmm. But then when you actually live with Jesus, because you cannot really be born a Christian, that's a topic for another thing. But when I really repented and really started to live with Jesus is when I started to ask myself, are there any contradictions in the word of God and if so how do we deal with them and kind of when I became a new believer and I still had lots of friends that had opposing views were atheists or even Muslims it was kind of difficult to approach this whole thing with a heart of wisdom and of knowledge and obviously when you're a new believer all the things that I had learned as a child lots of those things that I had learned I had to relearn again mm -hmm. or even like not not just relearn in terms of relearn the stories that I heard but rethink and relearn the thoughts that I have been taught to think about those certain topics whatever they might be mm -hmm. we celebrated Samson as a hero and then when I read the story I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna read it to my son and portray it as if he's the greatest hero ever be like Samson it's like don't do not be like Samson <laughs> but anyway so the question is for you Vicky what do you think about that are there contradictions in the Bible and if so how do we reconcile that I guess so um, I would say I mean obviously I'll say right off the bat no there's no contradiction everything in the Bible can explain itself I think a lot of the times we feel it is a contradiction because it it's so it, it doesn't make sense in our mind how something can be you know one thing and another at the same time mm -hmm. and I think also society makes makes it pinned against itself you know like we can take a verse in the bible that says um you know the beginning of wisdom the, the beginning of fear the beginning the of begin wisdom of is wisdom. the fear of the lord Correct. thank you i started right um but but we could take that you know mm -hmm. where it's like what where what you know or perfect love casts out fear you know like what does fear have to do with love where where is what does wisdom have to do with fear you can you can start to look at all these things and be like what does it really all mean kind of thing and they're mm -hmm. not necessarily contradictions these are just things that are kind of coming up in my head right now um but the the point being is that oftentimes we do have to ask ourselves like what does each 
you know, individual thing mean? And then what does it mean in light of who Jesus is and what the Bible says about it? So, you know, long story long, (laughs) no, there's no contradictions in the Bible. They can all be explained. I'm so grateful that you say that. I 100% agree with you. It is not just a book. It is the word of God and God does not contradict himself ever. Mm -hmm. And so when we read it with that understanding, a lot of things will already resolve themselves with with this in mind and in heart. But there was a really interesting story that I came across, and that's in Jeremiah, when the king Zedekiah that was reigning over Judah at the time, they were captured by Babylon, by the king of Babylon. And in Ezekiel, it is prophesied about that king that he would not see Babylon. Mm -hmm. And then in Jeremiah... We have a different prophecy. God tells Jeremiah that King Zedekiah will be captured and he will be brought to Babylon. And so with that in mind and in heart that God never contradicts himself and that the Bible is the word of God indeed 100%, Mm -hmm. it was interesting to go on that journey that was very short because I have a commentary and it tells me everything. We can talk about commentaries at a later time. And so my my commentary basically points to that entire prophecy that I was referring to is in Jeremiah chapter 34. And then in Jeremiah chapter 39, the capture happens and it does not contradict itself. Why? Because they took King Zedekiah's eyes out before they took him to Babylon and he did not see it. He was captured. He was brought there, but he did not see Babylon. Hey, Mm -hmm. And so with that, I just find it fascinating. I love our God. I love that he's steadfast, that he's solid, that there are no little loopholes or whatever. I have heard of a podcast or I don't know what it is, maybe a blog that's called God is Gray. And I thought about it and I'm like no freaking way is God gray anyways so that's just a side note <laughs> we do I'm, not we do not uh, uh, condone that podcast <laughs> we do not but we question it and so anyways another thing that I was thinking about was how God reveals himself in the Bible to be and we have all those different characteristics and I feel like oftentimes that divides Christianity because then they say if when it, whenever it comes to judgment they say oh but that's the God of the Old Testament mm, but God yeah. is the same as he was in the beginning now and towards yeah, the yeah, end yeah, there yeah. is no real oh but God has changed never ever would he change but there are different components to him as a person he's not a theory he's not a thought he's not a philosophy he is a person yes. right and so he he is made up of these character traits, I would almost say. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to spread any heresy. <laughs> but he, for instance, reveals Jesus or himself, basically, because we believe in a triune God. But he reveals himself to be the lion of Judah mm-hmm. and yet a lamb. Now, a lion and a lamb is really not comparable to each other. Yep. But he reveals, that's a metaphor, and he reveals himself as that, right? And then we have a lot of other character traits that look like they mm-hmm. contradict each other. And today we're going to look at one specific one. And oh, as, so <laughs> as we are called 
to be as holy as him, we need to know who he is so that we can be changed by the Holy Spirit to become more holy, to become more like him. And one of the things he's calling us to be as his children is to be humble, Mm -hmm. right? But then we are also called to be bold. Yeah. And so I want to take our minds and hearts to bold yet humble. How in your mind, out of the bat, just just say wh- whatever you think right now, but how does a person act in your mind when that person is bold and humble at the same time? How does that look like? Well, that's such a beautiful question. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is to separate almost the two in the sense of, of what what it is specifically referring to. I think mm-hmm. you can be bold in the truth of the Bible and the reality of who God is. You can be bold to defend the truth. You can be bold in the knowledge of who God is and Mm -hmm. stand firm on that and be unshakable and all of those things. But then be humble in the things of, of, I think, when it comes to your earthly behavior your your fleshly your behavior. earthly self <laughs> your yeah your your um you know to to be a servant to be uh to walk in a manner that places others before yourself to mm. um have a heart that's uh willing to listen instead of speak but how does that look like to put others before yourself you have a really good job and you worked really hard for that. But let's say somebody else that is almost equal to, f- from the skill set, almost equal to you, uh, could that person then say, but Vicky, <laughs> you have to put others before yourself. Give me that job. You know, you obviously wouldn't do that. And you're not required by society or even by God to do that unless he specifically calls you to. Mm-hmm. But how does that look like in action? Yeah, I think putting others before yourself is to, I think, see what, how you can serve someone even when it doesn't serve you or benefit you. I th- also, I think it is um, elevating, you know, that person, um, honoring that person in, in a way that can make them recognize make them feel like they are yeah, loved and seen and appreciated even when they're they differ in thoughts and opinions from you or in you know status or whatever I don't know in terms of your example with with work per se per se but in terms of like relationships with people and friendships that you have and things like that I feel like oftentimes I find I have conversations with people that say like oh but they're not putting in effort so I don't know how how like how much mm. I'm willing to you know uh, invest into this relationship or like oh uh, I, I feel like I'm you know just doing all these things and I kind of like y- you know you almost have these ideas or this these thoughts of like doing something and and exp- in the back of your head or in the back burner of your mind you almost expect that same treatment back like if you do a kind thing for someone you feel like you reserved that right to Mm -hmm. receive that kindness back and I and I think that is the biggest thing of that we see in Christ's character is that he did everything without expecting anything in return and that's that's how I would explain that Mm mm-hmm 
Well, that's very well explained. I could take it into a different direction, but I'm not going to. I, I, I was thinking to ask you a very, very difficult question, oh but I'm my. not going to put you on that spot. You always do this. <laughs> whenever, side note, whenever we, you know, share topics of like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking, of, you know, we can talk about this this week. And you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we start recording and it's two different veins of thoughts. Like <laughs> I have my thoughts and ideas of what this topic means and the directions we can go. And then you have yours. And that is the cool part about about God is that he always somehow merges it all together to just grow into whatever our conversations end up being and and I learned so much from that too because yes. I have my you know inspirations and the things that I'm excited about and you have yours and then it comes together so that is really cool. Yeah, it, there are definitely pros and cons in being off script. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are. We just, are, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's wild. So, I don't know how we signed up for this. <laughs> I don't I don't know either. Well, by the grace of the Holy yes. Spirit, but back back to the topic of being bold yet humble. What exactly does it mean to be humble? And does the world have a different perspective on humility than the Bible? Oh, you know what? Um, and that's not the challenging question, just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, I, I'll give, I'll leave that to answer for you to answer that, because I think that you, I can take it so many different directions. What the world, how how the world means to act in humility versus what the Bible calls us to. But what are your thoughts? So my thoughts basically on that was or were that being humble or humility is almost like being a pushover, Mm. you know, someone who should not speak too much and just, you know, whenever conversations get difficult to kind of become quiet and not stir up the person or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I had in my mind of the word being or like the verb being humble Mm -hmm. and then that that kind of was in my mind and in my heart for a very long time and then we had a bible study and y'all I love church I really do I love our church family but bible study usually takes it to a different level at least for me it does and so we went to bible study and I brought that up that concept that entire concept of being bold yet humble and then one of our elders asked me, well, but what do you think? What does humble being humble mean? And so I kind of gave him somewhat of an explanation what I think it means, but then I was unsure. And so he took me back to the Bible. And this is what I love about our church family is that whenever we talk about difficult topics where we honestly have valid questions and thoughts that stir us up or, you know, leave us with sleepless nights, so to speak, then our church members, our sisters and brothers are really good at bringing us back to the Bible, bringing Mm -hmm. us back to the foundation. I really love and honor this. And so he said, well, let us look at what the Bible says about humility, hey? And I said, okay, let's do it. So he took me to Philippians 2.8, where it says that Jesus humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death. Mm-hmm. If we just let that sit for a second. So the world has maybe, and maybe in your subconscious, you kind of have a definition in mind because you have been taught certain things. But let us unlearn that and focus on this. 
that humility towards God, because we as children of God, we submit to God, which then means that we die to ourselves every single day, to our desires, to our, um, yeah, little selfish us, our, yeah. our me, 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 you know, yeah, ourselves. I think, yeah, I want to underline that, that that's a really, really strong point is that, yeah, that humility is subjecting yourself, your desires, your ambitions and the things that maybe you have drawn out for yourself mm-hmm. and subjecting that to God's will. I think that's, yeah. you know, a step of, um, you know, humility and walking out like, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, that's a good point. But then even what what struck me is that Jesus was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, it says on in that verse. Mm-hmm. And nobody of us wants to die a horrific death. I know that I don't. But then he, knowing that this was his purpose, knowing that God has sent him here for this very purpose, and he came and fulfilled that purpose, 100% he did not waver and although he did communicate to God in the garden of Gethsemane that he was afraid that if that cup could pass by then please but not my will be done but yours yeah. will be done what an obedience what what a beauty in that and so if we keep that in mind that humility means that to be obedient to the point of death I want to take us to another story that we have been studying in our Bible studies. And that's the story of Stephen or Stephen. How do you pronounce it? I think the, the, first martyr? the Canadians say, West, uh, say <laughs> Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> yeah. But is it Stephen? I think in Russian it's Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Stephen. <laughs> um, and that's in Acts 7. We have the story of Stephen being brought before the council. And he had a very, in quotes, simple task. He was chosen to take care of the widows Mm -hmm. in the church congregation. And so that was his task. And he was brought before a council and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And while he was filled with the Holy Spirit... Man, he calls out the Pharisees so harsh, so, so harsh. And he basically gives them a little history lesson and tells them, so let me bring you back to, and he starts, I think, with Abraham or even Adam, you know. And then he goes all the way to Jesus, and then he tells them, but you have done this, and he calls them names. Mm. But let us not forget that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we read that, and guys, that was the same night that my or our elder brought um, Philippians to my attention when we talked about bold yet humble. And I'm reading this and I understand that what emboldens us as children of God is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit is when we're bold about the truth is when we can live out the truth is when we do not compromise the truth only when we're spilled with the Holy Spirit. So how important is it for us 
to seek exactly this not as in an experience or anything like that like I don't want to even go there you know like close yourself in your room turn on a fog machine and some weird (laughs) music and enter the zone that's not what I'm talking about and again bringing it back to Philippians 2 8 being obedient that desire for obedience to God no matter what and he has given us a couple instructions in the Bible why don't we start with them to be obedient to those before we ask for more or whatever and even Jesus says just be faithful with what you got and then God will entrust you with more yeah I think that yeah you hit it right on the nail when it comes to you know walking out in humility that it is this subjection it's completely surrendering yourself and yeah I'm kind of repeating myself in that aspect but what came to my mind is also the fact that Jesus knew his calling like he knew what he was supposed to do Mm -hmm. and so because he knew because he had a relationship with god the father and he was able to you know speak to him like this he could come to him and almost like lay that at his feet like i i'm i need your strength i need your your guidance i need and i think same with stephen right where he knew what his calling was and so then he can stand firm boldly in that but subject himself to unto death also right Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the thing that kind of kept replaying in my mind as you were sharing about obedience is that whole component of like I think we can walk out in humility when we know our purpose when we know what we're what we're meant supposed to be doing and and all roads lead back to having this intimate relationship with God in a way where I could come to God and be like, you know, maybe I am in a season where I don't see mm, fruitfulness or I don't feel like I'm useful. I, I don't maybe feel like I'm active in a specific ministry of sorts. Maybe I'm in the everyday life of just going to work, doing my thing or, um, you know, my, my, my one thing that I get done within my family or my church or my community like it's almost like a task that that I tick off maybe I am in that season and I know that yeah initially God called me to these things and I feel like I've created this uh schedule in getting these things done whether it be motherhood or be a specific you know calling um in church but come back with that to God and say like Lord let me let me take this thing that you have entrusted me with and honor or subject myself to your guidance and to your will that I can be obedient and I can be useful in whatever thing like in this thing that you have called me to you do you understand does that make sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that yeah like oftentimes when we know what we're supposed to be doing we can come to the Lord and ask for him to help us walk it out in obedience and humility and not just get stuck in the mundane or get stuck in like taking possession over those things that God has called us to. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that was my vein of thought or my train of thought, but that's kind of what I was thinking about when you were sharing your thoughts on on obedience. Yeah. Well, and even even that character trait of being humble or being bold and how that can work 
in harmony with one another, let us just look at Jesus for just a minute. He was humble enough to wash his disciples' feet, yet he was bold enough to point out the bitter truth towards those who needed to hear it and they got angry man did they get angry but yet he was humble enough to wash his disciples feet and to teach them practically all these things that he lived out himself my god is not a god of theory he's a god of practice he does it he says i will built up this temple in three days and he did he's a god of action and whatever he teaches us he has lived out lived out to the max lived out to the point of death and where do we take this in our personal relationship with him and this is a question that i need to ask myself too especially when it gets hard especially when sickness hits your family or other you know unforeseen things that come our way to still be solid in our relationship to god and to lay it before him and to trust in him and to be humble in how we live our lives yet be bold when we enter the throne room of god because yeah. man we have been purchased with a high price nobody else is able to pay that but my god did pay this for us so that we can come into the throne room boldly and yeah. bring our request to the one who could strike us dead if he <laughs> wanted to but doesn't because he loves us so much mm -hmm. and so with that i want to yeah let you go <laughs> there's lots of content there's lots of things that we did not talk about but why don't you think about it why don't you think about it and strike that conversation with your friends you know brothers and sisters parents whatever it might be what does it look like mm -hmm. biblically speaking to yeah. be bold yet humble or, or even think about too like what other sort of opposites do you see in the bible that mm -hmm. you know may quote unquote seem like a contradiction or stories in the bible like i found it so impressive how you know you saw this you you found these two almost like op opposing facts in in um the story of the king and you were like no there's no contradiction so how does it come back together to make sense and then he's blind and, and and that's the answer and mm -hmm. you just know that much more about the history and the story of the bible context but also context, just like yes. again that re re reiteration of god's truth and faithfulness and his you know un unshakable um whatever word i'm looking for <laughs> uh, on, like that he doesn't contradict himself that once again you know proves so that's that's our challenge for the week for you guys to you know look at maybe what other uh opposites you notice in the bible what you can find share them with us or with those that we're gonna make a topic out of this again yeah <laughs> and and i think it's really cool it's really cool to recognize that yeah god is just bold yet humble that god is like love but also he's like the god of like judgment and, mm -hmm. and all of these things right mm -hmm. so um and yeah, that does not contradict each no. other it works perfectly fine and the person of god the god that we worship the god whom not that the god whom mm -hmm. we worship the god whom we love yeah the god whom we trust and with that guys and and do not get the idea to take that example that i already said 
about the lamb <laughs> yeah. and the lion of Judah. Forget about that one. No, we will no. we will take get, that one on already. But get your own, get your own <laughs> topics and, and thoughts, and we'd love to hear from you guys. So, yeah. um, with that, God have a great you. week. God yes. bless you. Bye. Bye.